Amen. Uh, it's a great day today, huh? Wow, it's powerful. I want to share something first. Um, I heard this. Somebody sent this to me. But it's so cute, and I think it applies to today. One Sunday morning in a small southern, uh, southern church, a new pastor called on one of his uh, older deacons to lead in the opening prayer. So the deacon stood up, bowed his head, and he said, Lord, I hate buttermilk. <laughs> so now the, the pastor kind of opened one eye and wondered, now where is this going? So the deacon continued, Lord, I hate Lord. Now the pastor was totally perplexed. He didn't know where it was going to go from there. But, but the deacon continued, Lord, now you know I ain't too crazy about plain flour. But now, after you mix them all together and bake them in a hot oven, I just love biscuits. <laughs> so we got we to gotta ask the Lord to help us realize, you know, when life gets hard, when things come up that we don't like or understand and there's a struggle in the mix somewhere, you know, whatever we don't get, you know, what he's doing, that we just need to wait and see what he's making. Amen. We need to wait and see what he's doing. And after, after he gets all the mixing done, after he gets all the baking, it's probably going to be something a lot better than just hot biscuits. Don't you think? Yeah. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this amazing day that you've made. We are rejoicing and we are so glad in it. Holy Spirit, I ask you to prevail over this time together, Father. Speak, I, I ask you that your voice would be on my voice, Lord, that you are speaking to your people and they, and they hear what you are speaking to them personally and individually as well as our corporate body together. Lord, I ask you to give us new hearts at New Heart Church, Lord. I ask you to please transform us until we are transfigured to look just like you. And in the name above every name, Jesus, that, that precious, beautiful name. Why don't you say Jesus, congregation? That name above all names, Lord, we pray and agree and say amen. 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 So, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 16, at verse 33, it tells us, Jesus tells us that in the world, you know, we will have conflict. We will have some troubles, some struggles, some challenges. But Jesus says in the Amplified that I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of the power to even hurt you. So don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Amen. So now there are different kinds of hurtings and challenges and troubles and things that we go forth, that we go through. They're all struggles, especially when it comes to, you know, dying to our flesh and walking by faith. It's, it's a struggle that we face on a daily basis. So sometimes a struggle could be the consequence of our omission of obedience. Uh-huh. Or... It could be a result of our commission or commitment to obedience. 
So it may be for the cause of Christ or just because we made some bad decisions. Amen? But now today I want to look at Acts 16, which tells us of Paul and Silas's big fat jail adventure and the struggle that they faced on the mission field. In verse 16, we find them in a Roman province, a little town there, where they encountered a slave girl possessed by the spirit of divination. So after a few days of her yelling and screaming and following after them, these are the servants of the Most High God. Paul had had just about enough. So he cast that demon out. He cast it out. But that was to the total dismay of her owners. They were very highly incensed by it. So what they did, they took Paul and Silas before the magistrates, and uh, they got beat with rods and thrown in prison. Hmm. The interesting part about Paul and Silas was the fact that together, in this crisis, in this challenge, in this struggle, they encouraged each other. They were in agreement. They were unified in spirit and in trusting God completely. Are you hearing me? Yes. See, they were anchored in God. They weren't moved. Acts 20, 24 says, none of these things move me. None of these things moved Paul and Silas. Because everything within them, their hope, their, their faith, their trust, their courage rested on Jesus. And I believe that was because they believed God. They were totally believing God. You know, there's a difference between believing God and believing in God. You know, the devil believes in God. Heathians, heathians believe in God. You know what a heathian is? That's that, that person who is not quite as heathenish as he was, but not quite Christian. They're kind of Christianish and a little heathenish. So, so they're heathens. <laughs> That's what they are. I know, I, I know you know some of them. I know, I know a few. But the, the thing is, Paul and Silas had the same mind as, as Job had. He said, Job said, though he slay me, I will yet trust him. So no matter what it's looking like, I know God is God, and I know God loves me, and God is for me, and God is with me. So we find at verse 25, it says at midnight, even though they were shackled, they were in stocks, they were bruised, they'd been falsely accused, they were sore, they were tired, they were hurting from this beating with rods, and they were in horrific conditions. At midnight, though, they began to praise their God. See, together, they sang and they worshiped their God. Despite the chains on their limbs, the mistreatment that they had endured, and having been in prison in the darkness of an inner cell, the inner cell was completely dark. It had no lights and no windows. Still, together, they sang to God. They praised and they worshiped their God. You know, even though their feet couldn't move, their lips did and worshiped to God. Amazing. See, God is big on agreement because agreement has power. 
If you, if you look in Genesis chapter 11, it talks about the people who, who built that tower of Babel. And that, was, that wasn't for a good thing, but they, they united. They came together to accomplish something. And it was so powerful that God came down and said, I, I'm going to confound your languages because you all are too, too tight, too hot, too together when you are together. And we look at Matthew 16, it tells us that wherever two or three are gathered, wherever two or three touch something and agree that he's in the midst of you and he's going to make that thing happen for you. I love Psalm 133. It tells us in the, in the place of agreement is where God commands his blessings. He commands, he commands a blessing. You just don't get a blessing, but he commands one because he sees that we are knit, that we're of the same heart, the same mind, the same faith. If you look at Acts chapter one and two, when all the new, new converts, all the people of God came together and they were in one accord, they were in agreement, the Holy Ghost fell. The power of God was loosed upon them. Wow, praise, praise, praise makes it happen. And speaking of power, praise is, is the power to loose chains before they even fall off you. It has the power, as Carl Lentz says, he's the pastor of uh, Hillsong, New York. He says that praise has the power to give problems to your problems. Hello, anybody? We need to praise a little bit more, huh? Because I, I got some problems. Are y'all problem free? I don't think so. I'm, I'm looking. So here's a few more powerful effects that praise and worship will land in your life. Number one, praise and worship brings God and all that he is to you. You know, you can pray and God will send you a blessing, maybe by somebody that you know, or you get a check in the mail, or, you know, he'll dispatch some angels to bless you. But praise and worship brings God to you himself. Yeah. Psalm 23, I'm sorry, 26, verse number three, says that God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, he comes with you, he sits down, he comes and he sits down, he says, now Kelly, baby, what, what is it that you need? Because I'm going to bless you right now. Now, don't you want him to come over to your house? Well, just get a little praise going on. I'm going to praise and worship my God, and he's going to show up with his power, with his provision, with his protection, with his peace, and with everything you need. This is our God. Come on, now you can praise him right there. Come a little closer, Holy Spirit. I feel you. I feel you. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. And then Psalm 91 says, in his presence, no folk can stand. We're almost like at an unfair advantage because people are come talking about you bad. They're trying to hurt you, but you've got God. So none of that stuff will land. Are you hearing me, anybody? Mm -hmm. So then you could say that our worship is like warship. You got some war going on over here and we're winning. So God shows up on the scene to disrupt every dysfunction. He confronts every place that's out of order and brings his order, brings in his strategies, brings in his ways, brings in his peace. 
brings in his, his way of doing things, his kingdom principles. Are you hearing me? So secondly, praise and worship takes your eyes off the you and your problem. Because you know, we are me-centric. I'm hurting. I'm challenged. I don't feel good. They don't like me. I'm in a struggle. Maybe my me, 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 myself, and I, I, I. I don't understand. But what it'll ha- what'll happen when you begin to praise God, you begin to see Him. You begin to see Him showing up in your behalf. You begin to see the fact that God brought you a mighty long way that you're standing right now today because of his grace and his mercy and his caring about you. Are you hearing me, anybody? You begin to see that his promises are valid, that he's not a man who would lie to you, that he's going to bless you no matter what. That's a, that's a great picture, adjusting your sights to see the real truth instead of your crippled state of being and mind. Hello? So thirdly, praise and worship refreshes and restores your soul. Wow, your mind, your will, and your emotions. What you think about things, what you wanna do, and how you feel about stuff. He makes an adjustment, a shift, and he begins to purge and cleanse off of you the weight of the day, the problems of the week all the residue from from what's been happening in your life that has not been congruent with your purpose and his plan for your life. You know, in the struggle, you you get tired. You feel depleted. You feel exhausted. You You can actually get weak. Too weak to lift up your head to pray. But God will renew you. He comes in the midst of you. Acts 3.19 says, repent and be converted. In other words, change your mind, change your direction, change your view, how you perceive, how you look at things, how you see things, and then purpose to accept his will. Because his will for you is greater than anything you could conjure up for yourself. He's got a better plan. So the Bible says in Acts 3.19, change that mind so times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord because he's going to give you strength to go on. He's going to give you the power, his power, his person to do what he's accomplished you to do. He's going to give you the grace that you need. Are you hearing me? You know what I like about worship? (sighs) Worship. See, God's presence will prevail over your flesh. It prevails over your flesh because, you see, you cannot remain the same in the presence of God. See, if you do, you really haven't entered in. See, if you could, you telling me that you had a, a great session of praise and worship and you cranked the hanky and you are evil and mean, that's like going to the mall and going shopping and I spend three hours window shopping. I never go in to buy anything, but I was at the mall. I went shopping. No, you didn't. You didn't do nothing. See, we have to change before God. You have to reverence him. See, he wants an exchange to happen. And the thing about that worship is in his presence, he gives you an accurate view of yourself. 
and of your heart. And what he reveals to you, those are the places and the things that he wants to restore and repair and change and shift and heal because he cares about you hard. Are you hearing me? So praise and worship is not just a church thing, but it's a moment with God. I'm spending a moment with my God. The creator of the universe wants to spend some time with me to bless me and mold me and make me and shape me and fix me and adjust me so that, so that I'm my best me. I'm the best that I could possibly be. Are you hearing me? It's kind of like an offering. We offer him ourselves. He's offered already everything that we need for our entire lives. The creator of the universe, it's God. It's, this is God after you. Not Jesus of East LA. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a nice guy. I've had a couple of quesadillas with him, but. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. What, 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 okay, quesadillas. I mean, quesadillas. And I just want to say this to you, too. You know, if you miss the worship, in service when you want to go to church, because it's, it's a worship service. But if you miss the worship, you're missing the reason why we're coming together. He wants to meet with you, I'm telling you. So point number four, praise and worship, worship produces a holy balance between reverential fear and awe of God and a joy and exuberance and excitement within your soul. The message translation of Luke 7, 16 says it this way. They were quietly worshipful and then noisily grateful. My goodness, I'm just... <sighs> so in other words, you're enraptured in the intimacy and enthralled in the joy of his presence. In fact, Psalm 16, 11 prophesies that, that, that the joy, there's a fullness of joy in his presence. See, it's, it's, like, it's like being still to personally capture his touch, his fragrance, his breath on you while you're emotionally overwhelmed. It's like getting a suddenly, did you say suddenly today? Getting suddenly a, a, a big fat raise and promotion. Did you, like what? I didn't even know they noticed me at this job. And a two-week vacation paid, in addition to the vacation you already had. That would be like, hallelujah, you'd be excited, right? Or ladies, you know, when you go to, the, you, you have a, your eye on a pair of shoes, maybe they're Christian Louboutins or Jimmy Choo or something like that, and they're like so pricey, and you're just like, wow, those shoes are beautiful. And then one day you get them in the mail, and you ain't even had to pay for them. Now, that's some, that's some joy unspeakable, ain't it? Mm -hmm. I know for me, I know maybe for you, y'all like uh, pay less. But anyhow, it, 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 it becomes, this worship becomes a moment of personal consecration. Your personal consecration that continues and lasts and lingers and changes you from the inside out. It's beautiful. Real praise and worship. It's that moment with God. You know, Abraham had a moment with God that lasted 20 years. It lingers. 
Because God is profound. It's not a small thing. And fifthly, praise and worship gives us a glimpse and a taste of triumph. You begin to see victory at the door coming towards you. Victory for everything that concerneth thee. Are you hearing me? Victory. You begin to see it because you're tasting and seeing that God is so good. Come on now. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God who always, 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 always causes you to triumph. Always. Not sometimes. Not every once in a while. You know when the Dodgers win or maybe... Now that Kobe left, I don't know if I can have a victory. Always, every day, all the time. You know, Paul and Silas, these champions for the cause of Christ, their praise was powerfully contagious and effective. Amazing. That's because they refused to be defined or limited by their circumstances by the struggle that they were in. And as a result, verse 25 goes on to say that all the other prisoners heard them praying and singing and they were moved. You see, it caused the prisoners to hear God in their voice. There was a power released in that cell, in that prison. You know, I want to say this to you that God should be seen and heard not only in your voice but in your life. He should be seen and heard in your lifestyle, in your conversations, you know, in your attitudes. And, and I tell you, he's got an app for that. It's called Grace. It was on Paul and Silas's cell, in the cell, on the cell. That's how they could praise like they praise. Are you hearing me? And scripture says that at a certain point of their prayer and praise medley, late in the midnight hour, late in the midnight hour, the ground began to shake began to shake. You know, we've had three earthquakes in the last week in the world. God is shaking some things loose from his people. Are you hearing me? The Bible tells us that the earth is the Lord's footstool. So he's listening to Paul and Silas's praise. He's patting his foot. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a good beat. Yeah. Mm. And you know what happened? <laughs> All the doors open. All the doors of the prison open, and everybody got set free from their chains. Are you hearing me? See, sometimes in our spirituality, our our spirituality, we we look for a key to unlock stuff. You know, because we're you know we we we're we're suffering suffering and we're challenged by stuff. So we're trying to be set free from our struggle. So what do we do? We pray in the spirit. Got him a Honda. Got him a Honda. Got him a Honda. Uh, or we fast. We don't eat all the fries in our happy meal. Uh, we rub oil, oil, olive oil lay uh, all over us. Uh, we put the Bible down and then we stand on the word. Standing on the word. Get a, stand on the word. But see, that's not going to work. Those are our self-efforts. Those don't work. You see, God, it's God who is and has the key to help you out all of the time, all of the time. You hear me? So those, that, that praise that, we, that, we want, that he wants for us, that praise is going to break those chains. 
See, Paul and Silas's praise, it caused a chain reaction. A chain reaction. God not only loosed their chains, but everybody's chains were loosed. That's why he wants your praise so that you will be set free and set somebody else free. Are you hearing me? Mm, don't let your chains break your praise, people. That's really wrong focus. And you know, praise is so simple. Thank you, Lord. You can walk around the day saying, thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But we're not so quick to go there because, see, first, we aggravated because we aggravated. I'm mad. I'm upset. Why am I struggling? Why am I challenged? Why am I betrayed? Why are they talking about me? Why am I hurting? What am, why am I going through? Why, God, especially since you love me? I'm a tither. Well, actually, I'm kind of a tie. Well, <laughs> I try. I mean, I, I gave $5 to the homeless guy, Jesus. It doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> Our praise sometimes gets staticky. It gets kind of muffled or silenced or diminished because we decide in our frustration, I can't take no more. We're entitled to, to more than we, than we think we should, I think. Grace is free, we never earn it. We decide to pull back because we're tired. Jesus was tired walking up that hill to Golgotha too, huh? He was tired, but he went. But know this, listen, struggle will develop faith and your strength, and it will remind you that the war is real. You know, we're not, this is not the Cartoon Network. We're in a real war today. We're at a time in the history of the world that has never been. And he wants his people equipped to make a difference, to pull somebody out of the pit. For somebody to hear you praising God or the way you say hello, the way you say God, that's going to bring liberty to them, that's going to change their life. Are you hearing me? He wants to use you. Glory to God. We may have to just pray Psalm 51 verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation, God. We need it. We need it. You might also examine your perspective. You know, the, that's how you think or you, you see things. Whether it's good or bad, right or wrong, healthy, productive or destructive, it's, your perspective is formed by what you believe. What you believe, your own belief system. The problem is, I think, our focus, our perspective, sometimes gets locked on where we're bound. Those places of our stuck you know, maybe our limitations or, or what we're going through or what we don't have yet. So, so we're locked on that. But that's wrong focus. And any wrong focus unseats God in the struggle. We need him in that place because he is the key to your freedom. So let's go back to basics then. Do you believe God? Are you believing God? Or are you being a heathen? Nobody's saying anything. Okay, so we got all Christians in here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ah. You just got to believe God, people. We got to believe him so we can be free before we actually get free from the prison of our struggles. 
Remember John 8, 36, it says that if the son make you free, you are free indeed. Free indeed. Do, do you guys remember a few, a couple months ago, I think now, where these prisoners escaped a high security prison, you know, and they were out, they got free, you know, they, were, they went up to San Francisco, they're all partying, having a good old time at the hotel, at the restaurant, but they got back in jail. They got captured and they had to go back in jail. So they were never free indeed, even though they got free for a hot minute. But, you know, Paul and Silas were free indeed. They were free indeed before even their release. That's how they praised when they couldn't move. That's how they, they hoped when they couldn't see from that dank, dark cell. That's because their perspective was connected to believing God and their purpose. It was connected to their identity as a, as a child of God, as a messenger of God. It wasn't on their struggle. It wasn't on their conditions or who was against them. None of those nothing places. So Paul and Silas saw their higher purpose. They kept their perspective because their focus was in context with their calling. Are you hearing me? Their eyes were on the caller, on the caller, on the, and their assignment to spread the gospel. So because of Paul and Silas, the gospel were, was released on the continent of Europe. Prior to, it was only in, in Israel and in the outlying areas, uh, towns and, and nations of, of Israel, around Israel. So they had to be locked up so that the message could be set free to spread abroad. And check out verse 30. It says that the prison guard and his whole family got saved and baptized. Amen. You see, the jailer took Paul and Silas home, bathed them, cleaned their wounds, fed them, took care of them. Wow. So that God would be glorified in all that. Wow. So while the foundation of the prison was being shaken, the foundation of the gospel was being laid. What, what foundation are you laying by your struggle? Is your struggle a venue for God to be seen and glorified and known and praised? See, if our struggle is a product or a result of our own doing or our own bad choices, it only produces fruitlessness, futility. It's for naught. However, no matter the root cause of our struggle, God is a liberator and he's a deliverer. He's a healer and he will change your life. And even if you got you there, just, just repent and praise. Repent and praise. You say, I had a rap. I'm going to repent and praise. <laughs> repent and praise him. You know why? That's going to cause the presence of the Lord to bring you some refreshing that you really need. Repentance is just changing your mind, changing how you see something, changing your direction so that you can yield to the will of God. Hmm. You know, struggle is really meant to be an usher to your greatest victory. It's meant to be a preparation for what you're called to do. Ask Jacob. Ask Joseph. How about Dave? 
King Dave. Ask Jesus. The struggle was for purpose. Hallelujah. So now if Paul and Silas could get out, I assure you, you can too. And your praise, listen, will retrain and realign you. It'll retrain your thinking your whole life. It'll change your focus and realign you to the things of God. You see, because praise is a surrender. It's a humility that looses us from what hinders us. It sets you free. And it's, it's perspective. You see, it's a mindset that always sees God as higher and greater than any opposition, any foe, any chain, any struggle. Come on now. And I tell you, it's the place of our ultimate spiritual functionality. It's a blessing. So whatever has bound you, whether mistakes, regret, guilt, pride, use what is loose huh, to praise your chains loose. What's loose? Your hands. Your hand, you can lift your arms. You can lift your eyes. You can lift your voice. You can look up to the hills from which cometh your help. Lift them to praise God. And just define your struggle. You see, because where God leads you, he, he always makes provision for you. You never be there alone. You'll never be fruit, fruitless. See, if you're doing something, where is the produce of that effort? Hmm. You know, we're fragile in whatever we contrive. We're fragile. And we become then an accomplice to our own failings and uncharted, unassigned ventures. We've got to connect with God so that we're, we're wearing his assignment all the time. You know, liberty and power, I'll tell you, they're only found in Jesus. It, it, it's not in what you do or what you, your effort or having things your way of doing things. You know, even friendly fire or self-inflicted wounds can be healed because he's a great God. He loves us despite us. I love this psalm, and this is something you might want to write down and just put on your refrigerator. Psalm 143, verse number 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit Lead me into a level country and into a land of uprightness. Glory to God. God says this to us today. Remember, what you start may not prosper, but what I author will. You know, he's the author and finisher of our faith and everything that concerns us. And victory comes with him. Glory to God. So hallelujah. I just want to pray as we're closing. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much to give us Jesus. For loving us so much to give us freedom. For loving us so much to give us victory wherever our feet tread. Lord, I'm asking you to transform our hearts and, and set us free from ourselves. Set us free from, from every struggle. Lord, teach us and help us to worship and praise you in spirit and in truth. Spirit to spirit, heart to heart. Help us know how to please you 
and honor you and look like you more and more so that we can show you to the world and by our display, lay souls at your feet. Thank you, God. Bless us all, everyone. And in the name above every name, Jesus, we pray and agree. And the people said, amen. Hallelujah. Give God a praise.